Can I get you anything to go with this, Sheriff? Agent Cooper here might want to try a slice of that pie. A cherry pie? Best in the Tri-Counties. Mm. And could you ask Norma to stop by a second, Shelly? Sure. Damn, I still can't get the taste of that fish filtered coffee out of my mouth. Me neither. Evening, Harry. Norma, like to have you meet Special Agent Dale Cooper. Federal Bureau of Investigation. Norma Jennings. Ms. Jennings, is it true that Laura Palmer used to help you with the program delivering hot dinners to elderly shut-ins? Yeah, Laura helped organize that program. Do you have the names of the people on her route? I can get them for you. Mm. Would you please? And uh, two more pieces of this incredible pie. Welcome to Geek Fights. I'm Damon Shaw. With me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, who's joining us this time? Well, tonight we've got Pete Lucas. How you doing, folks? Michael Felsher. Waka waka. And John Champion. Greetings, everybody. So, Damon, what are we fighting about this time? Uh, well, this episode is a very special one. It's our 25th episode, so we're doing a, a short little half episode. We're doing best score at the beginning, and then the rest is going to be, well, you'll, you'll, you'll get to hear what it is. Uh, Mike, how do our fights here work? Well, we have an NCAA tournament-style bracket. This time it's uh, a 16-name uh, bracket. We pit two competitors against each other and put it to a vote. The majority wins. panel can decide the battle any way they see fit. Uh, in this case, which movie they like better, which, which score fit the movie better, which uh, score has a more memorable theme. Uh, anything you want, just use what we call geek logic. What's Geek Logic, Mike? Well, Geek Logic, as always, can be best explained by this handy pre recorded message. If Webster's Dictionary were enlightened enough to have an entry on Geek Logic, it would define it as any argument you can use to back up your choice. You define the terms any way you like, as long as it supports your claim and makes sense to you. And that's Geek Logic. All right, then. Uh, let's start the fights. We're going to right into the beginning. Pete, this one is yours. It is Star Trek The Motion Picture versus Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, wow. You know, this one was uh, actually not too tough for me. Um, Star Wars was the first movie I ever saw where I actually remember uh, the soundtrack being uh, quite important to me. Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, I have to admit, I think I fell asleep during it when I saw the movie. Um, I'm going with Empire. Uh, vote for Empire. All right. Mike? I absolutely love the score to Star Trek, the motion picture. Uh, the, that, just, that main theme is, uh, is just fantastic, and I was really happy to see them use it again in Star Trek, the next generation. But... Like Pete said, Star Wars was really the first time I paid attention to uh, to a score. Really, just the the opening of Star Wars—you just can't beat that. And even though this is Empire Strikes Back, all of the stuff that I liked from Star Wars was in this one as well. Plus Darth Vader's theme. So, Empire Strikes Back. A vote for Empire. Uh, and as much as I want to vote for the motion picture. Uh, because there is that whole just the flying around the ship 
and the music that plays when you first get to see the Enterprise on the big screen refit. It's it's gorgeous. It's amazing. But Darth Vader's theme still gives me chills, so I got to go with Empire Strikes Back. Michael? Uh, I guess no, it doesn't much matter, but uh, uh, since this list is so short and I'm going on record right now saying I wish this was a full episode because I think too many great scores got left off. Um, it's more or less Star Trek versus Star Wars here. We just picked the best Star Trek that we could think of and the best Star Wars to kind of represent two series that have amazing scores. Uh, overall, I happen to think Star Wars is superior, or Star Trek is superior. So actually, I would like to go with uh, motion picture just for the record. A vote for the motion picture and John. Michael, you know, you uh, just prevented me from walking off the show. So uh, thank you very much for that, (laughs) because I agree wholeheartedly that Star Trek The Motion Picture gets even better over time. And let's not forget, people, that this soundtrack was so good that they opened the movie with a prologue. So you just have to sit there and watch the stars and listen to the music. And uh, I think it's awesome. Empire Strikes Back is great, but uh, Star Trek Motion Picture is where it's at for me. Oh wow! I almost went that that I forgot about the prologue, but Empire Strikes Back moves on into the next round, and we are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is The Godfather versus Halloween. Uh, I've gone on record on this show many times with my love of The Godfather, and certainly its its main theme is one of the most recognizable uh, themes in movie history, but. You know, I watched a documentary about Halloween, and uh, they were talking about when they saw the early cut without the music, it really, a lot of people didn't think it was that scary. And then as soon as they saw it with the music, they completely changed their mind. And uh, I think I have to agree with them and give it to Halloween. A vote for Halloween. And, uh, you know, that that's the thing about horror films in general. Without the music, you they're almost completely ineffective. Uh, the music is what actually makes these movies scary, and uh, Halloween, it does it. And as I've said before, I don't like The Godfather, so I'm going with Halloween. Michael? Uh, this is kind of a tricky one. The Godfather score is so memorable, and is, uh, you know, it's, it, it literally captures the entire essence of that crime family and the dynasty that was the Corleone family. Um, and Halloween was sort of a fluke score in a way. Um, it's a very simple theme, but the, the, the rest of the score, while really good, I don't know. It, as memorable as it was and as important as it was to that film, it's, it's a little bit... I mean, I love John Carpenter's music, but I think every score he's done after this has been better than Halloween. Uh, I think it was just a very memorable theme that hit with the right film, so... Uh, I'm going to have to go with The Godfather. A vote for The Godfather. John? Yeah, I mean, you know, Halloween is iconic and creepy and cool, but uh, Godfather is just kind of epic, and uh, Halloween just kind of has one theme that I remember. Godfather has at least two that stand out to me just at at, at any time. So uh, I've got to give the nod to Godfather. All right, Godfather gets another point. It's all tied up and going to you, Pete. Wow. Um... Well, actually, even though I've never seen The Godfather, I do know the music from it, and I enjoy it. I think it's an excellent soundtrack. But I'll tell you what, to this day, Halloween still gives me the chills when I hear it. i got to go with Halloween. I think his vote should be completely discounted. He's never seen The fucking Godfather? I have never seen The Godfather. 
But he said he likes the, the music. How the, well, how the hell did you get on this? I mean, what, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, oh, Professor Profane. Halloween moves well, shut on. Shut up. <laughs> We're on to our next movie, our next parry. Uh, this one is Jaws versus Superman. And, uh, wow. I almost want to hear wh- what Michael has to say about this, but I'm going to go with Superman. Um, I-, I just love that beginning build, the build to the... Just, I love the build of the Superman main title. I'm not a really huge fan of like the love theme, but most of the rest of the music in the store, the movie is great, so I'm going to go with Superman, even though Jaws is awesome. Michael? Um, it's our, one of our Williams versus Williams contest here. Let's face it, this, this guy pretty much scored all our childhood, so it's not surprising that he is going to show up so much on this list. Um, God, that's as hard. Jaws is, I mean, again, it's much like Halloween. Without that theme, the shark isn't nearly as scary. And it's almost a, that, that theme had to carry the weight for the fact that we don't get to see the shark for most of that movie. So it just shows you how effective that score was in that you didn't have to show the shark, but just that simple theme managed to keep you going for most of the picture. Superman is an epic score, but I feel that he, I don't know. There's a couple elements of that score I don't like. I mean, I actively dislike such as the, can you hear me now? Can you read my mind? That kind of crap. And I didn't realize that, uh, that there was a, a sprint commercial or, it was, it was a sprint commercial. You didn't know that? It was. Back then, it was the first ever sprint commercial in a movie. They got a lot of money to put that tie-in in there before sprint even existed. Uh, so I'm going to go with Jaws. Uh, vote for Jaws. And that's Verizon, by the way. Verizon. Uh, John? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, again, kind of like Halloween, where that one main theme from Jaws is great. You remember it. But then I look at Superman, and pretty much that entire score is awesome. And I have to say that when I saw Brian Singer's Superman Returns, kind of a disappointment of a movie, but I got really excited hearing that theme song again. Um, the, the whole score is great. It's kind of a religious experience, so I have to give it to Superman. A vote for Supes. Pete? Um, yeah, I have to kind of agree. The uh, the Jaws theme, you know, I mean, you hear that dude, dude, you know exactly what's for. But the Superman theme, uh, it kind of went on and, and and became the Superman theme for everything. I mean, I've seen a lot of th- a lot of things, even like animated stuff that references that particular score, um, and that has not only become the theme for the movie, but kind of the theme for Superman in general. I got to go with Superman. A vote for Superman and Mike. You know, uh, I will give it to Superman also because Jaws does not have kryptonite. No, Jaws does <laughs> not have kryptonite. Excellent <laughs> logic. Uh, Michael, this fight is yours, and you're going to love this one. It's Batman versus Rocky. Uh, look, Rocky is a great score. Actually, the theme is great. I mean, if, let's, if you boil it down to it's, it's the, everyone remembers the theme to Rocky. No one remembers anything else from this. I mean, and that score, quite frankly, has not dated particularly well. It's a rousing sports score. It's Bill Conti. He's not one of our most reliable composers. Batman is the only score on here that is rep- Danny Elfman uh, has in our competition, which, I, like I said, I have to object to. Uh, but that was the score that set the template for the modern, the mo- I mean, the recent, the modern 
dark comic book movie. I mean, it was a highly influential score that had a lot of really complex themes and a lot of very interesting motifs that you didn't hear in a superhero score up until that point, whereas Superman had defined it up until then. Batman was the flip side of the coin. And I, I feel that uh, Batman definitely has earned its place on this list and definitely deserves to be uh, Rocky. All right. John? Yeah, I mean, the thing about Rocky, it, it's got these, like, goofy lyrics, the, the choral stuff in there, and, um, you know, the disco guitar riff. And, and it, it, to me, it's second only to uh, Marvin Hamlish's Bond 77 from The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, so I... I Exactly what Michael just said about uh, Batman really defining the modern age of the dark superhero story. I think you could take Danny Elfman's score and match it up to other movies like that, and, and it's still just as strong, just as powerful. So I have to go with Batman. All right, a vote for Bat. Beat. Um, yeah, I kind of have to agree. The Rocky, the whole Rocky one, it, it really doesn't hold up well. Um, and it's just so dated um the batman one i i always preferred that one so batman vote for batman mike you know i was going to pick batman just to have a batman superman fight in the next round but uh you know the the point being made that batman really defined modern comic book movie uh, soundtracks um you know, I hadn't considered that, and even if I didn't want the Superman-Batman fight, I think that would sway me. So I'm going to go with Batman. A vote for Batman. And you know what? It's fitting that Rocky loses in the first round. I'm going to vote for Batman as well. Rocky going down. Maybe next time he'll have a chance. <laughs> Clean sweep for Batman. And John, this fight is yours. It is Lord of the Rings versus Blade Runner. You know, Damon, you couldn't have made it easier for me on this one because, um, you know, like the movie itself, I find that uh, Howard Shore's score to Lord of the Rings is long, meandering, plodding with no real sense of purpose. So um, I- I'm glad to see that you've got Blade Runner on here uh, by Vangelis. It's our one kind of uh, electronic score uh, because, you know, well, we don't have Logan's Run represented so uh, I've got to go with uh, Blade Runner. It, it's just a standout score. Um, maybe not as memorable. You don't walk out of the theater humming it or anything, but you don't exactly walk out of the theater humming Lord of the Rings either. So uh, Blade Runner on this one. A vote for Blade Runner, Pete. Quick and painless, Blade Runner. Another vote for Blade Runner, Mike. Uh, I will also be quick and painless with Blade Runner too. Uh, Blade Runner 2. I thought there was only one movie. Um, I'm going to vote for Lord of the Rings just to be difficult. <laughs> Michael? Uh, I love the Lord of the Rings sports. I think they're fantastic, and they, they're, they deserve to be on this list. However, Blade Runner is an atypical score, and I, I like the point that was brought up. It doesn't have a hummable theme that you walk out. It's the overall effect that that movie, that that score has. However, Vangelis also scored Chariots of Fire, which is one of the most vile films ever created. And I hate it with so much passion that I am worried that its hatred will seep into my love for his, you know, the score for uh, Blade Runner. But it's not going to happen, Blade Runner. Uh, vote for Blade Runner. Blade Runner moving on. On to our next fight. Pete, this one is yours. It is The Exorcist versus Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Wow. Um, I got to go with Exorcist. 
for Exorcist? No explanation. Mike? You know, Exorcist does have that, you know, memorable theme. And like we had talked about this, you know, throughout this, is it the thing that you remember? Is it the, the score that fits the movie better? And I don't remember anything in The Exorcist other than just that main theme. But Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I thought, was a really beautiful and lyrical score for a beautiful lyrical movie. So I'll go with that. Uh, vote for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And uh, uh, horror movies, it's all about the music. And sometimes it makes it way scarier. But yeah, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon being an, uh, an, a movie from China, I believe. I believe it's a Chinese movie. It had a Chinese score. And it was completely different than anything American audiences had ever heard. So I, I've got to go with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Michael? Uh, this, comp- this, this particular matchup baffles me. Uh, Exorcist has a very solid score, but it is most of the Tubular Bells theme that you remember. And there's variations of it throughout the picture. But again, it's a very effective score. Uh, wh- why is the Crouching Tiger score even on here? Uh, this is, it's a good score, but it's, it doesn't really do anything different than a lot of other scores of its type have done. Uh, it was very effective in that particular movie, but it's an excellent movie. And I, I can't think of one time since I've seen Crouching Tiger where it's like, man, I really wish I was listening to that score right now. Uh, I'm baffled by that inclusion, so I'm going with The Exorcist. A vote for The Exorcist? It's all tied up and going to you, John. Yeah, you know, um, Crouching Tiger, love the movie, couldn't really tell you word one about the uh, soundtrack, but I can tell you this about The Exorcist, that Tubular Bells showed up on those, uh, you know, late night infomercial CDs, it's like the compilation of uh, creepy or spooky or weird music, so by that alone, I'm going to go with The Exorcist. Exorcist moving on into the next round, Uh, Mike. It's, this fight is yours. It is Psycho versus the good, the bad, and the ugly. The, these are kind of interesting because uh, certainly the the main or the most memorable part of Psycho's score has become sort of definitive for any kind of a fake knife attack. And uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly is pretty much definitive for any kind of a shootout. Um even though I like the movie considerably less, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I think I've probably found myself whistling that theme more than more than anything on this list. So I'm going to go with that. All right. A vote for good, the bad, and the ugly. And... Michael! This category sucks more than any of the others because it's Bernard Herrmann versus Ennio Morricone. And how the hell do you choose between those two guys? Uh, especially two of their most... Uh, it's, it's kind of a showdown. Well, but yeah, between Norman Bates and Clint Eastwood, well, guess what? Norman Bates is going to lose in that situation. <laughs> but no, I, 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 here's the problem I have. They're both probably the prime example of how to do a score for your particular genre. Psycho has that memorable theme, but I can tell you, you drop me any piece of music from that score, I'll remember what movie that is. And he does not rely on that main theme to re- and reference it throughout the whole picture. Same with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, I mean, Morricone was a master of the of the epic western, and he he defined it with that score. So, I choosing between these two is damn near impossible for me. If I'm going to go with one, I'm going to go with Psycho because it just came out on Blu-ray, so it's more on the brain than the other one is. All right, a vote for Psycho, John. 
Yeah, you know, Michael, I couldn't agree with you more that this is probably the hardest team up. I mean, Morikone is so uh, innovative and interesting. Uh, just to very quickly tell you some of my other favorites, like Danger Diabolique, uh, of course, The Mission, Untouchables. He does such good stuff. But then you've got Herman, who did so much with uh, Hitchcock, including my favorite soundtrack, North by Northwest. So um, I, I think that it's... Uh, it's a soundtrack and the Bernard Herrmann stuff I would listen to more maybe in my iTunes playlist than I would Morricone right now. So I'll have to give the edge just so slightly to Psycho. A vote for Psycho. It's all tied up and comes down to you, Pete. <laughs> uh, didn't, oh, uh, didn't Morricone do the uh, soundtrack to uh, uh, oh, the one with De Niro? The one down. with De Niro? Oh, oh that movie. <laughs> Analyze this. Montana. Scarface. No, well, that was Pacino. No. First of all. Pacino, I'm sorry. Oh, good Lord. Meet the Fockers. I think that's what you're thinking of. (laughs) No, no, that's not what I was thinking of. Um, You know, I still have my copy of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on vinyl. Uh, I like Psycho, but I got to go with good, Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Moving on into the next round, and we're at our last. You know, uh, it looks like Psycho. I can hear you. Fuck you. Psycho brought a knife to a gunfight. (laughs) Yes, it did. You know, I'm so glad it won. I've been wanting to use that joke. That was hilarious. (laughs) You guys are so funny. Uh, We're at our last fight of the first round. Uh, It is Raiders of the Lost Ark versus E.T. Both beautiful, excellent scores. And I love the main theme of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I really do love the main theme, but I think I like E.T. just a little bit better because it scared the shit out of me as a child. The movie itself. Uh, And I still, when I hear it, I I get little goosebumps in my... my, Yeah, E.T. Michael? Uh, For me, this is hands... I mean, I I love E.T.'s score. There's a reason it won the Oscar. But Raiders of the Lost Ark is probably the best action score ever written. Uh, it has every possible element you could ask for. It is the definitive. I mean, you know, everything from the opening theme to the the the, the majesty of the scene in the, in the map room to the truck chase to the finale with the arc. I mean, it's just nothing. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And it lost a fucking chariots of fire for the Oscar. <laughs> Give a me crime. a break. So you know what? <laughs> Fuck that. I love you, E.T., but. You went to another planet anyway, so you're not going to hear the results of this goddamn contest. So I'm going with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. John? Yeah, man. I, you hit it on the head again. I, Raiders is probably the single best action score ever written. And, you, you know, like a, like a German shepherd sniffing bacon cooking, you know, three blocks down the road, um, I can hear the first note of the Raiders theme, and, and I'm just instantly hooked. I, I instantly I have to hear the whole thing. And, uh, and I love it so much. So Raiders, it is all the way. Raiders, moving on into the next round. And uh, we're going to stop here for just a second, do a quick little geek cred, because this is what we normally do at the end of round one. But this uh, is I vote for Raiders, too, even though... <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering when I was going to get to vote. <laughs> yeah, boy, I, I, thought, shit, I thought for a second I had completely blacked out. So did I. I was sitting there going, well, did I vote already? <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. Pete? Raiders. And Mike. Uh, Chariots of Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I wish we had blacked out. (laughs) 
All right, Raiders moving on officially now. <laughs> but we are at the segment that we normally have, which is uh, What's Your Geek Cred? Which is basically uh, getting to know our panelists. Uh, I think we've done it with both. Well, Michael has done one. He just did one recently. Pete, have you done what? You, yes, you have. Yes, uh, I have. Uh, let's hear a, bit, a little bit about you there, then, John. What is your geek cred? Hey, uh, well, I'm the host and producer, one of the hosts and producer of DVD Geeks, which is a uh, weekly radio show and podcast about DVDs. Uh, we started out as a TV show in 2005. Did that for three years, and uh, now we are on. Uh, well, you pick up podcast on iTunes is probably the best way to get us, or go to DVDgeeks.tv. And uh, I'm a way, way old school geek. You know, my favorite picture ever taken of me. Um, I'm four years old, and I'm wearing a uh, six million dollar man jumpsuit that my grandmother made for me, and I'm wearing it with a Star Trek utility belt and holding my Mego, Kirk, and Spock action figures. So if that doesn't just spell geek, then I don't know what does. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> haven't I been on your? Sh- haven't I been on your show? Yes, yeah, you man. Were. We talked. Uh, we talked Monster Squad. We talked Night of the oh. Creeps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Good well, times. Well, what the hell was that? I thought I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just my excellent taste in film scores. Well, there was that, but there was okay. something else, and that's what it was. <laughs> All right. We're going on to our next uh, next round, round two. Uh, Empire Strikes Back made it. Halloween, Superman, Batman, Blade Runner, The Exorcist, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Michael, we're going right to you with Empire Strikes Back versus Halloween. Boy, talk about bringing a knife to a gunfight. Um, I mean, even though the guys with the guns usually can't shoot worth shit. Uh, only in the only in the special editions. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Come on, who are we kidding? Empire Strikes Back versus Halloween, it's got to be Empire. Uh, Vote for Empire, John. Yeah, you know, uh, Empire easily takes down Halloween in this. Halloween's kind of an achievement because it is so small scale, but uh, Empire sticks with you. Okie dokie, Pete. Well, even though it wasn't my favorite episode of the trilogy, I got to go with Empire. What? Huh? How the hell is Empire? He's He's a fan of Menace guy. Oh my god! I am not a fan of Menace guy. <laughs> Do not put that slur on me, sir. What you uh, you love the uh, what is it? Attack of the Clones? Is that your favorite? Jedi. Oh, okay. All I'm, right. I'm fine with Jedi, Mike. Uh, you know, Jedi should be on here just for that little wub nub number that they had at the end. Um, <laughs> I love the wub nub. <laughs> I miss it so much. You know, what, what's interesting about this battle is if you take Darth Vader's theme or the main Halloween theme and play it over any piece of video, whatever is in that video will appear to be pure evil. Um, but in addition to that, Empire's got like the Yoda theme and uh, just watch the asteroid battle without the music and see how much fun it is. So I'm picking Empire Strikes Back. Empire, and I will make it a clean sweep. Just go on Empire. I was going to go Halloween to try and piss off Michael, but I decided against that. On to our next fight. How John, did that piss me off? I don't know. I just like trying to fucking piss you off sometimes. They, it's a weird that's day. Nice. That, that, that's why you put that Chariots of Fire on the list initially. <laughs> that's the sad thing. You guys have to try to piss them off. I just do it naturally. <laughs> Shut up, Pete. 
<laughs> wow, he's right. He's right. All right, next fight, John, this is yours. It is Superman versus Batman. Oh, right on. Well, you know, Batman, we, we really praised him. We talk about how it set the mood for the, uh, the current uh, dark superhero stories. But I think the Batman soundtrack is really all about tone. It's all about mood. Whereas Superman, it's still got those really hummable kind of uplifting themes in there. And, uh, and like I said, I can't shake that excitement of just hearing that theme pop on. So, uh, I, you know, it's got to be Superman for me. A vote for Superman. Pete. Wow. Superman versus Batman. Both great themes. But I'll tell you what. If I'm in a piss-poor mood, I put on the Superman theme, and I am no longer in a piss-poor mood. That one just brightens me up all the time. I'm going with Superman. Uh, vote for Superman. Mike? Yeah, this one is definitely Superman. Uh, even though both of them were very influential, um, I'm actually going to hold that against Batman a little bit because they wound up putting a Batman-style score on just about everything, whether it fit or not. Um I don't think the sort of broody, moody Danny Elfman score worked on The Flash so well, so I'm going to hold that against Batman. I'm going to pick Superman. A vote for Superman. And I'm going to vote for Batman because I'm pretty sure he has some, uh, what do you call that, kryptonite in his utility belt, and he will beat Superman because that's he's Batman. He never loses. So I'm going to vote for Batman for just a random reason. Michael? You know, I was going to vote for Batman because I happen to feel it's a more cohesive score overall, and I had still had some issues with the Superman score. But Damon, your your reason for voting for Batman is so fucking lame that I'm going to have to vote for Superman because I don't want to stand anywhere near you on this, Superman. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. I do appreciate. It. Spite is at the heart of every geek fight. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete. <laughs> this fight is yours. It is Blade Runner versus The Exorcist. Oh, man. Uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner it is. Mike. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to resist the urge to just blanketly say Blade Runner without explaining and actually say a little bit, even though I think this one's kind of obvious. Um, it, it, very few scores on here do what, what Blade Runner does, which is completely encapsulate the movie and and the way that i mean this is you know blade runner is this blend of film noir and sci-fi and vangelis manages to get a very film noir score and electronic at the same time and i just think that's brilliant i mean everybody all the other scores on here as it's been mentioned are fairly traditional uh, instrumentation scores but uh this is all a, a dude and a synthesizer and uh you know, people waited for years for this soundtrack to come out, and when they came, when it did come out, they were. They, I think they still wanted more. I'm, p- I'm picking Blade Runner. A vote for Blade Runner, and um, I, I'm going to go Exorcist. Uh, it's just I, I, I don't like Blade Runner. I don't like the Blade Runner movie. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm one of those geeks that just has never been able to watch it. Never really got into it. I don't like The Exorcist either, but I really do like the music in the movie. I do you like anything? No, I don't. Except for Life Serial. I do like Life Serial. Um, but I am. Well, going John to- Williams didn't do the score for fucking Life Serial, dude. <laughs> no, he didn't. But I'm voting for The Exorcist because I, I do. I do actually have a copy of that, and I do like that score quite a bit better because I don't like Blade Runner at all. Michael. 
uh, of all the scores, I think Mike brought up some very interesting points. It's the only non-traditional score, really, in the bunch. Uh, it's, and it, it has themes in it, but they're not, like, rousing themes that you would hum to yourself at night. It's very subtle, and the movie, the score almost plays as background noise in the city. It doesn't even seem to stand out to me so much as a score that was forced to put or put into the film. It feels like a natural background element, and it's just a wonderful bit of atmosphere. And I, I, I think it's great that it's getting the recognition here that it deserves. So um, nothing against The Exorcist, great score, but uh, it really doesn't hold a candle to me uh, to Blade Runner. So Blade Runner gets a vote, and John. Yeah, I feel like uh, Exorcist here is really just sort of coasting on the merits of tubular bells. Um, and that's fine. That was fine in round one. But here you're going up something that's really much more groundbreaking when it comes to Blade Runner. So, again, the edge goes to Blade Runner. Blade Runner moves on. And, uh, Mike, this fight is yours. It is the good, the bad, and the ugly versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I am a sedentary man. Let me just say that. Get no. that out there now. When I hear the Raiders of the Lost Ark score with that main theme that actually makes me want to have an adventure which uh, very few things in life can do so I'm going to pick Raiders vote for Raiders um, I love the the trilogy not, not, not the Raiders not the Indiana Jones trilogy but the Man With No Name trilogy and the, the crescendo that is the good, the bad, and the ugly I love more than anything Ever. I, I have special edition of the soundtrack. I have the special edition DVDs, the one that just came out a few years ago. I really do love the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love everything about the soundtrack. I love some of the quiet moments in it. I I, I love good, bad, and the ugly, and I'm going to go with that one. Michael? Well, this is tough because as I look at this board, it's going to be so many. It's going to be John Williams beating the shit out of each himself pretty much when it comes down to this thing. And I, I would love to be able to vote for Ennio Morricone here because uh, he's such a wonderful composer and has done such, such amazing work over his career. But it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I cannot vote against that. Nothing in my DNA will allow me to vote against the score that played through my head as a child when I was out playing pretending to be Indiana Jones. Uh, it's the score that, and I hate using this phrase, it's the score that literally was my childhood in a way, even more than the Star Wars movies were. Um, it's, and it, again, it's a score that is held up, even with the sequels and everything like that, which have all had their high points. Raiders remains still, like I said before, one of the great, maybe the greatest action score ever written, and as great as good and the bad and the ugly is, and I cannot say anything bad against it. Um, if I tried to vote against good and the bad and the ugly, my brain would just shut off because it's not allowed to do that. So Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. John? Yeah, I've got nothing to add beyond that. I mean, uh, Raiders is, it, it defines the movie. It defines that kind of movie. And you could play it anywhere to anybody, and they would sort of instantly get what you're talking about just by, just by the sound of it. Um, so, yeah, Ra- Raiders, hands down. All right, and Pete? Raiders pretty much has it, doesn't it? Maybe. I mean, I'm not the tiebreaker. No, you're not. Okay. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> okay, so if you were the tiebreaker, which way would you have gone? 
Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> We're at our final four. It is Empire Strikes Back versus Superman and Blade Runner versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Michael, this first fight is yours. Uh, Empire versus Superman. Boy, somewhere John Williams is getting like the best blowjob of his life <laughs> right now. This, this is like, holy shit. Not that we shouldn't have seen this coming, really. Um, Empire Strikes Back versus Superman. All the points that I made before, Empire Strikes Back is the strongest of the Star Wars movies. Let's face it, when you hear that Imperial March, you know exactly what's going to I mean, it's just, there's just certain scores that do it and certain ones that don't. And um, Empire hasn't weakened at all over the years, not even a little bit. So I'm going to go with Empire. A vote for Empire. John? Um... Man, th- this is a really tough one. Um, so I, I, I think the Star Wars soundtrack was much more important when it came out than the Empire Strikes Back soundtrack was when it came out. It's an awesome soundtrack, no question about it. And you, you have the asteroid belt chase music. You've got the Imperial March in there that we didn't have before. Um, but, you know, the original Superman soundtrack just holds up so well. Um, I, I'm so on the fence here, but just that 1% of me that leans, that has to lean to one side or the other, is going to go Superman. A vote for Superman, Pete. Well, you know, the thing with John Williams is uh, if you were uh, growing up in the uh, late 70s, 80s, like uh, I was and probably most of us here, John Williams scored 75% of my favorite films with Danny Elfman probably doing 20% and 5% other. Um, so it's, it's no surprise to see so many of his uh, scores wind up on a best score list. Um, I got to go with, uh, it's a tough one. I love both these scores so much. Uh, the Death March, the uh, Vader's March rather. Um, I got to go with what picks me up, though. I'm going to stick with Superman. A vote for the Man of Steel. Mike? Uh, I am I am going to go with Superman also. I've, I've gone with it the whole way. Certainly these are two great scores. Um, but Superman, I think, it's Empire Strikes Back. John Williams really is the only person who has had to to give music to Star Wars. Um, everything has kind of been built from him. Superman existed for 40 years before the Superman movie and had had various themes you know, throughout its time uh, in film and television. And somehow John Williams managed to capture everything that those had and then just lock it down and create a definitive score, a definitive sound for a character that had been around for 40 years. And I think that's a considerably bigger accomplishment than being the guy who's just sort of sets the music from the beginning. So um, I'll stick with Superman. A vote for Superman, and um, I'm going to go Empire. Um, I love Superman. I really do love that score, but... I, I only own the Superman score. I have owned all the Star Wars themes and, I, and scores, and I love the Empire score. I love every moment of Empire. Empire is my favorite Star Wars movie, and it's probably the reason why I don't like Star Wars today, because 
no, Star Wars never lives up to Empire. The greatness of that Empire is it can't live up to it. So I'm voting for Empire, even though Superman has made it into the final four. And, uh, John, this fight is yours. It is Blade Runner versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, man. You're just making it so tough. Um, you know, I really championed uh, Blade Runner because it was innovative and uh, because it was so full of cool electronic tones to flesh out the feel of the movie. Um, but, you know, Raiders came along and uh, not only did it fit as a modern John Williams score, it fit as the perfect throwback to those 30s adventure movies that they were emulating. And uh, again, if I had a choice, if you told me I had to listen to one or the other right now, then I would go to my iTunes library and pick out Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, got to be Raiders on this. A vote for Raiders, Pete. Oh man, this is so tough. I, I have to go with uh, Blade Runner on this one, just because I don't want to see John Williams versus John Williams, even though I know that's how it's going to wind up, probably. <laughs> Maybe. Mike? You know, I, I want to vote for Blade Runner uh, for the same reason. Uh, and if I was absolutely convinced that uh, everyone else was going to vote for Raiders, I would do that for sure. But even though I don't want to see that match, uh, let's face it, that's the match that it deserves to be. And uh, Raiders is just so, so definitive. I mean, in in so many ways, Blade Runner is a, is a more interesting score. Uh, and, and in that sense, a more exciting score. And I probably, if I had to listen to one right now, would listen to Blade Runner instead of Raiders. But that's only because I've listened to Raiders so many times. I don't need to listen to it again. It's it's just embedded. I'm going to stick with Raiders. A vote for Raiders. And you know, Mike, you, you're, you're right. You, you were very, very wise in that decision because I probably would have voted for Blade Runner and, and pissed off Michael and pissed off everybody on the list just to move Blade Runner on. But you're you're right. Raiders is a for me it's a superior score. I don't like Blade Runner. I, I I've watched the movie all three cuts of it because people keep trying to get me to watch it and like it and I just can't. But Raiders, I love that theme. So I love that whole score. I love that yeah, Raiders. Michael. Oh Raiders! Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we are at our final fight right now. It is Superman versus Indiana Jones. Or as I like to view it, Mike Ortiz versus Michael Felsher. Yeah, this is real Mike Ortiz versus Michael Felsher. Mike, Mike is a lover of Superman. Michael is a lover of Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones. And we're going to start this fight off with Pete. Which one do you have? Oh... I have to say, this is a tough one. I absolutely love both of these scores. Um, right next to the Superman theme, the other one that always picks me up when I'm in a bad mood is, is Raiders. Um, and it's just such a fitting score for the movie. Um, that being said, I'm going to go Superman. A vote for the Man of Steel. Uh, Mike? Um, I am going to pick Superman. But it's not as definitive as as you think. Um, I could probably be swayed because uh, 
they, they're both great scores. I mean, let's face it, and they both have the same exact things going for them. They both uh, define a character. They both define the movie. Superman, like I said, uh, you know, it it brings in all of those elements of 40 years of Superman. And though Raiders doesn't do that for Indiana Jones, it does that with that style of of movie. I mean, you could take the Raiders score and put it on a movie serial and it will fit, although it'll just be much better than, I think, any score that was ever on any movie serial. So the only, the only real advantage that Superman has here is just going to be my own personal comic book bias. And, uh, and that's really it. Other than that, uh, I could probably be swayed to, to Raiders, uh, if, if this, uh, comes down really close. <laughs> uh, vote for Superman. And, uh, can you read my mind? You know, I totally forgot about the, that whole Verizon wireless scene with them flying, and I really do dislike that. Uh, Michael, you have swayed me. Uh, there isn't a single moment in Raiders that I don't love, music or movie. So I'm going to go Raiders. Michael? Well, I appreciate that, and I am highly suspect for some reason. But I do appreciate it. <laughs> um, I, well, look, I mean, I don't want to bash the Superman score. It's not about bashing the other score at this point. I mean, Superman, in a ways, was a trickier score. How do you do a, a rousing sort of patriotic score for a character that dresses in red and blue tights and not have it sound silly, but instead makes you believe in that character even more. Uh, John Williams walked a tightrope and he somehow managed to make it to the other side. And it's, it is deservedly one of the most memorable scores he's ever written. But Razor of the Lost Ark is absolute sheer perfection. It makes not one mistake there's not one bit. There's no, yeah, there is no Verizon commercial in there. Not that that's a huge problem, but it's enough of a weakness that, and, and again, I have to say, Raiders for me is what Superman was to Mike. Raiders changed my way of looking at movies uh, forever. And uh, that score is embedded in my head. I don't need a recording of it because I can play it out of my own head at any given moment. So it is, it's got to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. A vote for Raiders. It's all tied up, and it comes down to you, John. First-time panelist, John Champion. Where is your vote going? Well, well, that's not pressure or anything, is it now? <laughs> no, it's um, not. But keep in mind, Superman was also a communist. So you just want to <laughs> just, just as a thing. You just, not too many people know that. Oh, if you okay. vote for Superman, you don't just support the truth. <laughs> the terrorists, the terrorists win. win. Yeah. And, but if you vote for Superman, the Nazis win. Oh, yeah. Boy, that's rough. But the Nazis uh, end up losing, so it's fine. It's all good. Yeah, they get their faces melted. Um, yes, that's all good. Well, so here's the thing. Both of these soundtracks really are timeless. You know, here we are 30 years after the release of both of these soundtracks, and they are still relevant. Um, you know, I hear the Superman theme, and I'm just taken right back to the experience of being in the theater and watching that movie. Even with Brian Singer's movie, like I said, that was so exciting to sit there and see that 3D logo coming at you and hear the music. It, it just brings you up, you know? Raiders, so fantastic. Every time I'd see the trailer for uh, the fourth Indiana Jones film, which I did not, not enjoy exist. very much. There was no fourth uh, movie ever made. No, there, there wasn't. <laughs> they never made that. That was just a rumor. 
Right, right. I think that was just a Saturday Night Live sketch, actually. But I would sit there, and the trailer would come on, and I would just, by reflex, start humming the theme. And, you know, my girlfriend would tap me, are you humming the theme to that? Yes, I'm humming (laughs) the theme for Raiders of the Lost Ark whenever this trailer comes on. And uh, and that music is what kept me excited and, and ready to go to see it when it came out in theaters. I won't talk about my disappointment after that. Um, yeah, if there's a weakness in Superman, it's the fact that you have, at least in the movie, you know, you have Margot Kidder speaking the words to Can You Read My Mind? And I don't care, as a 7-year-old or as a 30-year-old, it's just weak. And you just kind of cringe when that happens. Um, Hey, to be fair, she was originally supposed to sing that, and then Donner said, no, speak it. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't go far enough. She still talked. <laughs> yeah. And I will tell you an interesting little merging here of, of these two worlds for me, just if I can tell a short little personal story. When I was, I think I was like eight years old on my first visit to L.A., um, I went to the weekend premiere of Raiders of the Lost Ark at the Chinese Theater. And, I mean, there was a line of people around the block to see this. People were absolutely going nuts over this movie. And what did they show but a trailer for Superman 2? And as soon as the music came on, the audience just burst into spontaneous applause. So, again, these are both both such iconic movies. It's hard to pick one. But I have to. And I have to pick Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, Yay! As everybody has said, it is a perfect soundtrack. Um, It is timeless. You can listen to every track and just have instant recall of the scenes in that movie. It might have helped since I've seen it maybe 25-plus times, but that's what it does for me. So, Raiders. And that's it. I'm I'm going to change my vote. What are you changing your vote to? I am changing it to Raiders. Although... If they do some sort of special edition where Karen Allen sings, uh, Can You Read My Mind? I reserve the right to change back. <laughs> you know, I would say that's impossible, but fuck, it is Lucas, man. <laughs> uh, yes, Raiders is the winner, and actually I did vote for Lucas property. That's, that's unusual for me. But Raiders wins. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Michael? Yeah, I like to plug Del Taco. It's the best place to have lunch for geeks, best quality food, and fuck Taco Bell up its stale, worthless ass. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Pete? Uh, Visit me on eBay at Dion's Playground, D-I-O-N-S-P-L-A-Y-G-R-O-U-N-D. And through December 31st of 2010, if anybody emails me that they heard this on Geek Fights, I will knock off 10% of your order. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's our first coupon, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's kind of awesome. 15% if they buy over $50 worth of stuff. Nice! Uh, John? Um, yeah, hey, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, I hope I can be presumptuous enough to say anytime you want me back, I had a blast. Love to do it again. Uh, Check us out at dvdgeeks.tv. By the time this episode of Geek Fights airs, uh, you can check out our recent Doctor Who Smackdown between Kylie Ireland and our very own Televixen Mary. And uh, we'll have had a special interview with Roger Nygaard, 
the uh, director of Trekkies, Trekkies 2, and his new film, The Nature of Existence. Uh, so a lot of good stuff coming up in our little geek world. So that's dvdgeeks.tv. Yeah, you a good kid, real good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. I would like to thank Mania for having an awesome geek site. All things Trek. Look no further than Subspace Communique and their awesome podcast, Life After Trek. For all of your DVD needs, check out DVD Geeks. I forgot I wrote that down. And, of course, Jared Formby <laughs> for pimping out our intros. I love it when he does that. And you can check out his blog, Hey Star Trek, at TrekCast.com. Mike? You can find me every week on the Zod Complex podcast at ZodComplex.com. You can find us on the internet at geekfights.net. You can email us at geekfights at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, we're Geekfights, or you can become a fan of us on Facebook. Just look for Geekfights. Damon? Uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. We don't care if you hate us. You can put just one star and say, this show fucking sucks. A rate and review actually moves us up the list. It doesn't matter what it is. And if you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us. All it really takes is a headset and Skype to join the Legion of Geeks! Our upcoming battle is the best of Star Trek. Uh, it's one that we've been building for, like, three months. It's going to be awesome. Uh, any and all ideas are welcome. And until next time, keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. Episode 25 of Geek Fights. Uh, this is our special bonus feature section where we give you a little peek behind the scenes of, uh, of the show. Uh, I'm Mike Ortiz, and joining me as always is the host of Geek Fights, Damon Shaw. Co-host, buddy. Co-host. <laughs> Hello, everybody. You're the host. Let's face it. Whatever. Uh, you're the wrangler. Okay. So uh, we wanted to do something a little special for our 25th anniversary and uh, talk about the show a little bit, where we came from, and give you a little behind-the-scenes look at, at what we do and how we do it. And uh, a lot of people have asked us what our geek cred is since we've started mentioning that to everybody else. Um, so we'll take this opportunity to talk about that. Uh, I am a comic book geek and a Star Trek geek for a very, very long time. Uh, I've also dabbled in things like role-playing and science fiction and fantasy, things like that. Uh, I've worked at three different comic book stores, um, worked for two, basically two small press comic book companies, although they were kind of the same company, reinvented. Uh, I've worked at a couple of movie theaters, and I'm currently working at Anchor Bay Entertainment, a good geek dvd company um where i uh was a graphic designer i'm currently the creative director and i've worked on a variety of geek projects like uh dawn of the dead and the evil dead series um the upcoming walking dead series greatest american hero hellboy animated um and a lot of things like that the book of the dead dude the book of the dead 
Book of the Dead and Book of the Dead 2. And uh, Near Dark, Free Enterprise. Uh, and probably the geekiest thing of all is I, I've done more covers for Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends than uh, probably <laughs> anybody in, in the United States at the moment. Uh, What's your geek cred, Damon? <laughs> uh, well, I am also a comic book geek. Uh, uh, I'm I'm actually more of a Star Wars geek than I am a Star Trek geek, which is people are still like, fuck you, no, you're not. And I, I still feel that Star Wars has betrayed me, and that's why my Trek is a little bit more. I also like video games. Uh, I've, I've done slight bits of role-playing. Uh, I also worked at a comic book store. Mike was my boss. That's actually how we met. Uh, I worked at a GameWorks for like three or four years, which is like Dave and Buster's. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Uh, I also worked at a movie theater for four hours, and I quit because my boss was like stupid. And I uh, worked at Star Trek: The Experience for almost four years. That was pretty fun too. You know what our our biggest geek cred is, though? What's that? We're the creators of geek fights. You know, I didn't even think of that. I don't think that's that big yet. Like, like 100 people listen to the show. <laughs> it's more than that. I know it's slightly more than that, but come on now. But, uh, and, uh, and actually the, the way that we created this show uh, goes back to the comic book store where we both worked. Um, Wednesday nights is, or Wednesdays is new comic book night for those of you that, uh, that may know about comics. Those of you who don't, the new comics come in every Wednesday, and that is typically the busiest day uh, at any comic book store. So we would have uh, several people working on Wednesday. Uh, Usually we'd have one, maybe two people tops, but Wednesdays we had quite a few people, and all of our regulars would come in. And uh, the Comics Cafe where we worked was the, the kind of comic book store where people come in, and they don't just buy their comics and leave. They come in and hang out and talk shit about comics and movies and TV and pretty much anything geeky and non-geeky and, and we'd wind up store would close at 9 o'clock and uh, we'd be just sitting around talking till 10 11 o'clock in the store and uh, we realized that there was a bar across the street so rather than sit in a comic book store and talk stuff, why don't we go across the street and uh, talk about the stuff and drink a little bit and uh, that was the origin of what we started referring to as Geek Night. And over time, people who weren't involved in the comic book store would start hanging out with us. And uh, that's that's how people like uh, Dave Gill, who's been on the show, um, Brian Townsend, Paul Story, uh, all of them uh, were part of that group, uh, among others. And... Uh, so, was there anybody else? Uh, I guess uh, Juan and Kathy, right? Well, Juan and Kathy, Juan actually was was because uh, his wife worked at Anchor Bay, and Michael also worked at Anchor Bay, so that's how uh, how they got involved with the show. But Kathy is definitely from that period, even though we didn't really hang out with her. Right. Well, I knew Kathy before that, but she started hanging out with us on uh, on Geek Night, as, along with Pete Lucas. Um, you know the the original people that were on the show were that group, and then you brought in some people from uh, from the uh, Star Trek experience too, didn't you? Uh, just uh, three, right? We yeah. got J- Jared, 
Jared Formby, uh, Jason Grade, and, well, of course, Darren Benjamin. So, uh, yeah, our geek jobs ultimately uh, sort of assembled the beginnings of the Legion of Geeks. And um, after you had moved away to Las Vegas and went to work at the Star Trek Experience, and you moved back to Michigan, um, I, I had been listening to podcasts... Uh, ever since I got my first iPod, which was around the time that podcasts first showed up on iTunes. And then when you moved here, um, you started listening to podcasts also. Yeah, I actually bought that, pod, uh, that uh, uh, what do you call that, iPod from you. Yep. <laughs> started and, listening to podcasts. And uh, we both were like, you know, we should do this. We could do this. This is just a bunch of people sitting around talking about what? comics and stuff. It was even worse than that. We would have conversations that would be like an hour long on the phone, and they'd be funny, and like, we should just record this and post it somewhere. Yeah, we actually talked about doing stuff like this even before the the term podcast had ever come up. We had talked years ago about doing uh, recording commentaries for movies and posting them on the internet, and uh, that was one of our early ideas for... Uh, a podcast was to do a geek commentary and post it. And this was even before, uh, what are those ones that are out there now? Riff Tracks. Riff Tracks, And yeah. uh, one of the, whatever, this Cinematic Titanic, I think, is the other one. Uh, they don't do, they don't post them. They do it live. Okay. So they, uh, so yeah, we, we had that idea long ago, just there was, at the time, there was no mechanism for it. Um, we also thought about doing commentaries for Smallville, uh, which is a show that we actually used to watch during Geek Night. And we still might do that. And, uh, yeah, that, that that might be... Uh, well, once the show's over, okay. we'll go back and... At the, after, after season 10, we'll do a Smallville commentary or something like that. If it stops at 10. It better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, obviously just talking about comics or talking about whatever... And uh, we had a lot of ideas. Nothing really clicked until... Han Solo versus Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the question that started it. Because it's like, how do, you vote, how do you vote for Han Solo? Who could we find to vote for Han Solo? Because we were sitting there thinking nobody would vote for Han Solo because Han Solo is cool, but Indiana Jones is way cooler. And uh, it... We, we thought about that for a while, and then we're like, hey, you know, we could have a podcast. We could call it uh, Geek Fights. Uh, yeah, and at that time, it was just going to be people arguing about geek topics the way that we we would do that every week. And uh, But as, as with many of our ideas, that came up, and then nothing really happened. Because uh, uh, mostly it was a matter of we don't really know how we would do it. Uh, I, I had looked into podcasting, and everything that I saw was get some, you know, $100 microphones and get a mixing board and get a good computer and all this stuff. And uh, it just seemed to be a little bit more complicated. Even once we recorded it, I had no idea. I, I just figured it was ridiculously hard, and you had to know uh, coding and websites and things like that, all of which was kind of beyond beyond us. We were actually always complaining, you know, we got to find a computer nerd. With all the geek friends we've got, we don't know anybody that actually knows computers well enough to get a, to get a website up and running. We do now. We do now. Um, and then um, uh, the guys that I record Zod Complex with, 
we had also talked about doing uh, a podcast, and then obviously, uh, eventually, it did. It did happen, and it was just a matter of somebody hopped on Skype and said, "Hey, get on Skype. We can record this." And we recorded an episode, and very quickly uh, figured out, "Hey, we could we could record this using Skype." Uh, we don't need mixers. We don't need anything like that. The recording software is pretty simple to use and pretty cheap. And uh, actually, uh, at least on on the Macintosh, which, which I use, it's uh, it's pretty easy to set up. And you had mentioned around that time that Trekcast, where uh, Jared um, uh, is on uh, occasionally, and, and that you're on from time to time, that they. Uh, were with a hosting service called Podbean. Yeah. And uh, I just looked them up one day and looked into what would go into it and found out that it was actually pretty easy. You just sort of sign up and post things and type some things. And, you know, I within a, a week or two of, of just kind of recording a Skype call, uh, the Zod Complex was up. And I immediately texted you saying, I know how to do a podcast. And very shortly after that, we recorded Geek Fight. Yep. And uh, with, with our first attempt, which was best and best slash worst superhero movie, uh, which was a horrible, horrible failure. Yes. I mean, a horrible failure because we had no structure whatsoever. Uh, it was uh, we had a, a base of movies that we wanted to talk about, and then we kept forgetting that there were more and more and more superhero movies. We went on forever and ever and ever. And then, Star Trek versus Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> the versus format. Uh, you actually thought this would be a better way to, to do it because people couldn't go off at, at any great length. They, they couldn't make long lists of why this was good or this was bad. I mean, it was really one quick topic, one quick fight, one quick issue and move on. Move on. Although, even that wasn't that quick. <laughs> no, that one is not very quick either. Because we we, we learned, and we, we've learned from that one, that uh, when we do that now, we can only have 25 and not 60-some. Oh, God, that was horrible. And then... Uh, uh, that was three episodes, wasn't it? Uh, or was it two yeah. episodes? No, that one's two episodes. Okay. Our next episode, Best Villain, was three episodes, and... The bracket style comes from Matthew Barsh, who may or may not ever be on this show, because uh, I, I do give him credit. I don't think he's ever <laughs> listened, and I don't really want him to. But he, he was like, oh, so you mean like the Joker versus Kingpin and some kind of battle royale and then winner take all? And I was like, you know, that'd be a good idea. Maybe we could use brackets. And then we've got the bracket system. Yeah, it, uh, that, that's when we kind of realized, hey, this this works. We can use this for almost any topic. We just need thirty-two names or items, and and uh, and it, it can go. And that pretty much is uh, is how we stumbled into the format that we've got today. <laughs> Definitely stumbled. <laughs> and you know, one of the toughest things at first was getting people 
to actually participate. Uh, a lot of people, when they heard this idea, I mean, everybody everybody was pretty excited about the idea of being able to sit there and ramble on about their opinions on topics for a while, but nobody seemed to really like the idea of doing it in this versus style or in the, the bracket style. They thought that it just didn't seem very interesting, and we had a hard time at first well, getting people to try. that wasn't the only problem. Um, I am a jerk. <laughs> I will admit it. I'm somewhat of an ass. And uh, they thought, our friends thought that I would make them sound like assholes on, on our podcast. So they were slightly nervous to come on. And instead, you let them sound like assholes all on their own. Yeah, they're pretty good at that themselves. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, but after pretty much everybody after their first recording immediately says, oh, I want to do this again. Right. This was fun. And, uh, you know, like we had mentioned before, several of the people were people that we hung out with, people that we uh, worked with. Um, Some you know, are family. Family, Jay. Or, Joe. Uh, Joe, sorry. Joe. Uh, Victor. Uh, yeah, Victor is Juan's brother-in-law. Brother, brother-in-law, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Tess and Paul and Walt were all uh, just other friends of mine or friends of friends and uh, you know through that through those connections lots of other people uh, came in Amber uh, Amber Love was someone that Paul knew that was just kind of a last minute oh, replacement whoa, whoa, whoa. Paul didn't know her Paul met her twice and had like a Skype address for her true we had uh, there was a a, an incident where somebody could not make it at the last minute, very last minute, and uh, we almost had to cancel our recording and, and flip some things around. Uh, this was best fantasy, and uh, it just turned into everybody tried to get a hold of whoever's available. We went on Skype to see who was actually on Skype, calling people, texting people, uh, and yeah, Paul all of a sudden said, "I've got someone." And yeah. she had never heard the show. She had no familiarity with it. She didn't know the format, but she uh, she picked it up pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and then, of course, Pete. Pete saved us more times than we can count. Yeah. Pete uh, Pete became our backup. Uh, whenever someone bailed, uh, we just call him up, and he'd be if he was around, he'd just say, "Okay, let me go log on to my computer." Yeah. And uh, that, that's why Pete shows up a lot. In the, <laughs> in, the early in the early episodes, because somebody was always bailing. After a while, we realized we needed to uh, put people on deck because yeah. uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of bailouts. Not necessarily. Um, sometimes well, it's it's someone just sort of flakes. Uh, in one instance, uh, Kathy had to drive her husband to the hospital, so I think that was pretty acceptable. Yeah, uh, but uh, well and. The other thing is, the format of the show, now you have to have five people. So if somebody bails on us, we're, we're completely screwed. So uh, there's, there's nothing we can do. We can't record a show with four people, unlike other podcasts where, oh, somebody doesn't show up, no big deal. We'll just record the podcast without them. We can't. Yeah, that, uh, that became one of the limitations of, of the format that we have. But fortunately now, uh, now that we've got quite a few people... Uh, oh, that yeah. makes it a lot easier, uh, especially now that we've been able to reach out to listeners 
to form our, our Legion of Geeks. Legion uh, of Geeks! And the first, uh, first one is Rob, also known as Gate God. He's the one that came up with Best Sci-Fi TV Show? Yeah. Yep. Best Sci-Fi TV Show. And he just, he, he just sent in a bracket. He just sent in a full bracket. We changed it and tweaked it a little bit because, you know, to, to suit the people who were going to be on the show. But he was the, the, the first guy. And then the first one to actually come on the air... Uh, which you've all heard, peeing into his toilet w- would be Chuck. Yeah, Chuck has actually become kind of a regular now. Yeah. Um, but there have been a few others. Uh, Barry. Barry. Um, was on the show. Um, John Whalen. John Whalen, that's right. Uh, God, I'm, I'm blanking now. You're uh, blanking? Kenny. Uh, Kenny hasn't been on the Kenny's, show. Okay, Kenny's... Kenny's uh, is he? No. Was he just uh, giving us... He was just giving us giving ideas. Us ideas. Also, the computer king. Computer king. The that's super right. Villain of podcasting. He also was giving us ideas. Um, you know, the Legion of Geeks also extends into our uh, iTunes reviewers uh, with uh, the Fixer three thousand. Yeah. Um, what was what did he? Uh, he suggested our Crime Lord one, didn't he? No, he didn't say that's uh, Computer King. That Computer King. Okay. I know, yeah, DeFixer just uh, left us a great review. Yeah. Um, all of you guys are welcome to come on the show, um, including uh, Janet, who uh, doesn't, she doesn't want to, does, hasn't wanted to be on the show as part of a geek fight yet, but uh, we did, we did contact her uh, to talk to her for a little while on this particular episode so that uh, you can get to, to meet her and hopefully we can get her on. In, a, in an actual geek fighting capacity, um, and uh, here's uh, here's our little talk with Janet. Hello, Janet. Hi. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Janet is the first review on iTunes. It's the first we ever, one we ever got. Which your name was Clan. How do you say your name? <laughs> that is totally my husband's fault. But it's pronounced Charybdis Clan. Okay. It's something to do with his City of Heroes game that he plays, so I suppose y'all could look him up on there if you want to play with him. <laughs> I don't play City of Heroes, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't either. I'm not that kind of nerd, but that's okay. Uh, but wh- where are you from? I am from Texas, and I'm close to Fort Worth. What is your favorite geek fight? Um, my favorite ones are actually um, the Star Wars versus Star Trek. Nice. That does seem to be a... Our, debate for a long time. Those are our most popular. Yeah, well, that's classic. I think that's been going on for years now, so that was a great... Well, I think there were like three of those, right? Because the first one was a two-parter, yep, and yep. then y'all came back and revisited it, so yeah, those and, were all good. And we will do it again. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> and how exactly did you find us? Um, well, I've been on board since the beginning because I listened to TrekCast, and so I heard their little promo for the show um, when it was just about to start, I think. Really? Did, did I say it on TrekCast that long ago? Yeah, you did. I don't think I did, but... Or maybe they did. Maybe the TrekCast host said it. But that's where I heard it from anyway. And that's I said, oh, cool, Damon's got his own show. Excellent. It's awesome so. being... So you were famous uh, beforehand. Who? You. 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 I'm slight. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You mean me being the last Borg ever hired by Paramount? Sorry. I'm just throwing out a little bit of my geek cred. 
But speaking of geek cred, do you have any there, Janet? What's your what's what's your geek passion? Um, I'm into a lot of things a little bit, I guess. <laughs> My big one is Harry Potter, which I'm really excited because I get to go check that new movie out tomorrow. And I also like, of course, Star Trek and Star Wars and Doctor Who and um, Lord of the Rings. And I'm sure I'm missing lots of other stuff. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, um, most of these things have won a geek fight or, or two. Yeah. I don't think you guys have done a Buffy one yet. And I know a lot of you guys don't listen to uh, or don't watch Doctor Who, and you really should, because um, the Doctor Who show would be excellent. Doctor Who has won twice. Yeah, Doctor Who won Hottest Male, and what else? No, he didn't win Hottest Male. Tyler oh, Durden, no. uh, that was my mistake. He won uh, Best Sci-Fi Show yes. and uh, Best Resurrection. Yes, he did. Yes. We, we like Doctor Who. We love the Doctors. Uh, excellent. Doc- Doctor Who beat Star Trek. I still can't believe that with this group. <laughs> I can. I can, yeah. It's a little bit better right now. But thank you very much for joining us, Janet. Thank you very, very much for our very first review on iTunes. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, you have to come on a show sometime. You need to fight with us. (laughs) Okay, we'll see. (laughs) Hopefully, Janet uh, will join us in the future. And you could join us, too, as we say on every episode just contact us and uh, we will put you on We'd, uh, we're looking for new people all the time uh, so you could be next yeah because we've got uh, Kirky Wade is going to be on an episode coming up and what's his name is his name Nate Nate Fisher Nate Fisher is going to be on hmm. another episode yep. too so uh, keep uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled we've got more Legion of Geeks joining us in the future um, one of one of the things also about the show is uh, is geek logic, and uh, that that really was born out of in the original Star Wars versus Star Trek. Uh, you wanted to to do it as basically who would win in a fight, right? Um, and I didn't want to do that. Uh, the the who you would win who would win in a fight for me has always been the type of topic that it it just really depends on on what argument you want to make so it ultimately just becomes which one you like and if you like one more then you'll pick that one and you'll structure a scenario where that person could win so it really isn't about a fight it's about which one you like more and I wanted to talk about which one I liked more which one I thought was cooler which characters had a bigger impact um so that's that's how I always approach the battles. And then in Best Villain, we had like the, the Joker and Lex Luthor and, and characters that had all these different interpretations. And when we were trying to figure out uh, what we were going to do with that one, the, the question came up, well, is it the Mark Hamill Joker? Is it the Heath Ledger Joker? The Jack Nicholson Joker? And we toyed with the idea of having them separately and they could fight it out and it just sort of evolved into well let let them pick yeah. if you want it to be Mark Hamill make it Mark Hamill if you want it to be Cesar Romero make it Cesar Romero if you want it to be all of them make it all of them we'll let the people make whatever argument they want the same way that uh, that we we would do with you know who's cooler which one you like more 
And uh, we kind of came to call that geek logic. Yeah. And uh, that sort of became became a little catchphrase or gimmick on the show. Uh, geek logic was actually the term was coined by Michael Felsher many years ago in reference to something else. And uh, when we were trying to think up what uh, what this way of looking at the questions or looking at the battles was about uh, that that term just sort of popped up and now it's become its own its own running gag because any bizarre or weird uh, rationale that you want to use uh, you go ahead and use and and sometimes it becomes infectious <laughs> yes yeah like there are three of them Yep, and then Bluto, and, and the geek logics actually can sway people. Oh yeah, um, and and you know sometimes the geek logics are are just for spite. I'm actually impressed by how how much of this is just well, you voted this way, so I'm going to vote this way, and fuck you fuck guys. You. Yeah, yeah. And uh, here's uh, here's some some little clips of of our some of our favorite geek logic moments from our first 24 episodes. If Tannen has no monkeys, Wicked Witch has monkeys. Wicked Witch wins. Well, let's face it, Kato is the almost a Swiss army knife, but Asian. So I'm going to go with Kato. I'm not going to make it a clean sweep. Fuck Lex Luthor. I hate him. I don't really hate him, but I do hate Superman. So I'm going to go with Boris and Natasha just to be spiteful. And There you go. <laughs> Way to go. I am I am so sick of Wolverine. I am Hugh Jackman, eight feet tall, running around butt naked in this movie. Ooh, he's exactly Wolverine. Blah, 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 blah. I am tired of this. The cat, Dexter, Dexter wins. You can put the state of Marshmallow Man against Wolverine. He would win. I'm sick of Wolverine. Jurassic Park. I can't even believe they got Danny DeVito to be in it with such an excuse. And what was Michael Douglas doing anyway? What? What? <laughs> what movie are you talking about? Jurassic Park. Are you oh, talking Jules about Jewel of the Nile? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I have been this whole time. <laughs> you know, uh, back, back when I was a young lad, the only science fiction shows around were Star Trek and Space 1999. And I just remembered on Space 1999... The ships looked crappy and the lasers were slow. So I can't vote for it. I have to vote for Stargate Atlantis. It had slow lasers. It makes no sense. Josie and the Pussycats, because well, there's three of them. There's three of them. Um, the, you know, there's, there's, there's three of them. What, what, once you go, there are three of them, and then you go. <laughs> and uh, there are totally three of them. Uh, yeah, and just like Tyler Durden was inside of uh, Ed Norton, I want Tyler Durden inside of me, so... You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later, you dance with the Reaper. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Grendel didn't run a town. He ran an entire coast. He had the cool mask. He fought a werewolf multiple times, basically, and... Why did he do it? Not because he liked being a bad guy. Not because he wanted to make a lot of money. He was a he was like a Pulitzer Prize winning author, an Olympic caliber fencer, and everything else just bored him. 
and he was that much better than everyone else, and he just wanted to rub it in their noses, and that's a villain. Believe it or not, I'm the <laughs> greatest American hero. It had a better theme song, and everybody still remembers it. I can make a sound a whale makes. <laughs> Cooper is able to make that scary. Uh, you know, he can have, like, ran- random weird shots of blood coming out of elevators and, like, you know, a guy wearing a bunny suit giving some guy a blowjob, and it's terrifying. Yeah! If for nothing else than for a cool, smooth Colt 45, <laughs> Mando. Yeah, first of all, before I get started on this particular matchup, I'd just like to say, please check out Mr. Tony's Piazza Salon and Barbershop. That being said, I'm going Batman. I'm going with Kang and Kodos. Uh-oh. No reason except there's two versus one. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, that's there's two And that's Geek Logic. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. The, the pre-recorded, pre-recorded thing started because I was... It, well, Damon insisted that we talk about what Geek Logic was every time because obviously new people will be coming into the show every time. And... Uh, I really did not. Hopefully, well, it's, it seems to be working that way. And I, you know, after a couple of episodes of me saying Geek Logic, and I, it just, I didn't want to do it anymore. So uh, I think you were, I think you just said, "Well, record one." Yeah. And uh, and then we'll just drop it in. And uh, we did, and now that's become a, a little bit of a gag of, on its own. But uh, that uh, that's Geek Logic. Yeah. And uh, it, it, in addition to Geek Logic, I think one of the the more popular little bits on the show, other than the fights themselves, have been the outtakes that we play at the end. Yeah. And uh, that that really started again. It's a strange bit of spite. In best villain, uh, I was pushing for Biff Tannen because I'm a big um, a big fan of, of Back to the Future, and uh, Michael just couldn't let go of the fact that I was supporting Biff so much. So I I wanted to uh, to put in a little thing at the end where Biff wins uh, because he uses the time machine. And I mentioned it to you and you're like, oh, that's great. Let's record something. And we did that initially just as a, a one-time gag. <laughs> and, uh, and then it started showing up and Biff kept winning because of his time machine. What else did he win? Uh, well, he won Scariest Movie. Yeah, I, I know he that. won Scariest Movie. And there was, was one other one. Was it Hottest, Hottest Male, maybe? It was either Hottest Male or Hottest Female. Yeah, so there was which. one other one where we just decided to, to bring him back. And uh, and then, yeah, in Scariest Movie, we, uh, we decided to retire Biff. Uh, he may come back, who knows, but that after three times, that gag is enough. Yeah. And then... Uh, there was there was one time I was I was editing an episode. Uh, I I Damon handles all the stuff on the front end, uh, assembling the list, getting the the panel together, getting the date and time and all of that together. Um, and then once we've got it recorded, I do the editing and posting and things like that. So I was listening to an episode, and it was the one where we started. I I started recording, but I wasn't wasn't ready. You know, I didn't have my list ready. I didn't have the internet up because I usually look things up on the internet as we're going. And you jumped into Welcome to Geek Fights. And I just went, hold on. And you went, motherfucker. (laughs) 
And then everybody just started joking about it. I completely forgot about that. And then when I was editing, that came up, and I just started laughing my ass off because just how frustrated you were with, uh, with that. And I was like, you know, i got to use this. I actually thought about just leaving it on the beginning. And then I figured, no, I'm just going to throw it in in the end. It'll be, an, it'll be a little gag like, like Biff uh, for the people who actually wait around a little bit, um, just like the post-credit sequences. And then after that, the outtake reel began. And now, now I think people are trying to. And uh, here's, here's a few things that didn't make the actual episodes, but we thought were funny. And some of them may be a little raw. So if uh, if they're a little too much, we apologize. <laughs> Why don't you do a tournament where you throw names in a hat and literally just pick them out randomly like that? That's a perfect example. Yeah, it's like, like you have. Yeah. A, it's like, like you have like if you have a like Hitler versus Snuffleupagus. <laughs> yeah, like you have a serious pile and a joke pile, and it's one serious versus one joke. You know, gotta wow. give it to Snuffleupagus. Yeah, Snuffleupagus does beat Hitler. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Hitler. <laughs> Yeah, just because I want to say I choose Hitler. I got money out of Mutant X. (laughs) Did you write the comic book or did you write a show? An episode? No, I I wrote a an uh, half an issue of the comic book. Way to go! Yeah, half an half an issue. Like they said, wow, this is the worst, and made you quit, or that like somebody else shared the duties. (laughs) Uh, Bathroom break time. Anybody need to go to the bathroom? I'm good. I already went. Yeah, I went before the show. Forward thinking, that's me. Oh, no, I meant right now. Oh, smooth. Just pissing yeah. yourself. Gotta keep the seat warm. Oh, Lord, that's disgusting. If I can't use Apple products, it's not that I don't know how they operate, it's that I can't, I don't have the level of smug superiority that it takes <laughs> to put my hands on an Apple device. So Apparently you do. I actually might, um... Get a job at a comic book store part time on getting my computer certification stuff. Oh, sweet! So. Uh, at the Secret Stash in Red Bank. No, right no, it's awesome. It's a uh, Joker's child. It's Carol. tiny. Yeah. I know it's tiny, but it has Walt Flanagan, so who cares? Especially when it comes down to Spider-Man versus Batman, because it's Spider-Man all the way. <laughs> I don't know about that. It might be Batman. Hey, Spider-Man single-handedly redefined the comic book genre and made it possible for anybody, anybody, to hope to be a superhero. Uh, uh, okay. If they got bit by a radioactive animal. Oh, I'm going extremely gay on the next one. I'm telling you right now. I kept to myself the argument about banging Daphne while Velma licked my balls. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right. There's not eight of us. Shut up. <laughs> no, there's eight battles in the first round. You are drunk. No, I'm not. <laughs> Mildly inebriated does not count as drunk. It does. It, it. No, it does not count as drunk. Thank you, Pete. You're welcome. Uh, Barry, are you going to plug something? Don't have anything to plug. All right, Juan, are you plugging something? Your mom. Um, <laughs> shut up. Boba Fett sucks. <laughs> Are we going to get into that fight? The Yes, uh, yes we the, are. The, he shows up and all he does is get kicked into a Sarlacc pit by a blind guy. That's it. That's all but Boba Fett ever does. That's all he does. No, that's all he does. No, there's one other thing he does. What does he he do? watches his daddy die. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, dude. As 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 crazy violent as 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 the Power Rangers shows were, if you actually watch the Japanese shows and like listen to what the plots are, that's the stuff you want to see on acid. <laughs> they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the little sound clip at the end of the last one. That was funny. <laughs> and then, it, and then I watched Supernatural, and it actually they actually called somebody an ass monkey. It made me laugh. <laughs> We're all about the ass monkey. It's <laughs> hard. I mean, was really into ass hat. So, ass hat is classic, but I prefer ass monkey. Are we back? Everybody's back. Everybody's cool. I'm back. I'm good. Are you done touching yourself, Mike? I'm not done. Well. Are you, are you finished for now? Yeah. I'm just getting started. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Vaginas feel good. Maybe, maybe you should start off with it, with that, and then... <laughs> I, still yeah, I, that, that, I, I have questions on why that ended up in there and Die Hard with a dumb fucking vengeance. Because I love Die Hard with a dumb fucking vengeance. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Michael Custis fucking much. Holy shit. He's professor profane. He hasn't listened to any other of these episodes, have you? <laughs> I guess I haven't. Oh, when he gets pissed off, he's hilarious. Right. <laughs> what do you mean, when he gets pissed off? <laughs> that's pretty filthy. Right. Yeah. I, I, that's what I said. It's one of the most disturbing things ever. Like a blumpkin, a blumpkin's only disturbing if you're the one giving the blumpkin. If you're receiving, it's not that bad. Huh. Well, I, I'm now, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not in the know. What is a Blumpkin? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, a Blumpkin is where uh, you are getting a blowjob while you're taking a shit. Oh, uh, That's I, I am so glad I'm recording this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I, 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 don't, I don't get to hear anything until the episode airs. So right now, you, you know, you guys just heard a bunch of stuff. I don't know what, what he just played, and I swear to God, I hope I didn't say something absolutely horrible. Yeah, very often, uh, part part of the show for me is trying to put something in that's going to surprise you when you hear it for the first time on Monday when it posts. Uh, there might be a few little, little bonus features or little Easter eggs in there to give you a laugh, too. Uh, like, like this Easter egg right here. Conan returned the wayward daughter of King Osric to her home, and having no further concern, he and his companions sought adventure in the West. We've won again! This is good, but what is best in life? The open steppe, three thorns, falcons at your wrist, wind in your hair. Wrong! Conan! What is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them dribble before you, and hear the laminate, lamination, lamentation of the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's going all the way, David. That is yeah, I love. I love. <laughs> that was a great one. I, I actually hate Jared for making that. I really do. I really hate Jared for making that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jay, actually, one of the things uh, we we started off our very first musical opening was just a rip off of the Star Trek battle music. And um, I know you really didn't like it. 
No, no, but it and, was all right. And uh, then, then we just had a just a song, I think, one time. One time. And then all of a sudden, Jared said, "Here, you guys, why don't you try this?" And and that was a a, a music one with a bunch of geek fights in it. Right. And then came the one we just heard, only with geek fights and not me. <laughs> And uh, that uh, that started, and we certainly want to thank Jared for providing those for us. Um, you know, that's uh, he, he just records a bunch, sends it to him, sends them to us, and uh, we drop them in sometimes because it fits, sometimes because we just think it's funny. Yeah. But uh, good stuff. Um, when When for you do you think it started? Did you start to go, wow, this actually... This, we actually might have a show. Um, honestly? Yeah. Um, I think because of the inflated numbers of Star Trek Star Wars the first time around. But it was the second time around that I was like, oh my god! Uh, for those of you that don't know, that anytime that we do a Star Trek Star Wars, that's just a, a listener grab. Because when we post that, randomly, whatever... Google puts that at the top of the list, and we have hundreds and hundreds of people who come to the site to listen just to that episode. Our first one sucked, so we only got like 50 or 60 people listening after that. But the second one, well, those of you that have been listening since the second one, you know. Yeah, and uh, we, we will do more. Yeah. We oh, yeah. Uh, probably do twice a year, Star Trek versus Star Wars. Um, it's, it's like our sweeps week. Yeah. Uh, we will We will just keep doing that. And uh, if you started listening with that, we hope you or thank you for continuing to listen, and hopefully uh, you're still enjoying it after all this time. And uh, and and we're telling you right now, episode fifty will be best geek fight. R- really, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, you tell us, listeners. Would you like to hear a best geek fight? They don't tell us anything. Uh, some of them do. Some of them do. Some you're of them right. do. But. Uh, but even those that don't, we do want to thank them for listening. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we want to thank uh, all of the people who've, who've been listening to the show. We want to thank everyone who has participated in the show. We also want to thank some of the websites that have have uh, plugged us. Um, Uber Nerd Nation. Mania. Mania. Subspace Communique. Subspace Communique. Um uh. You know, all these guys have, have helped us out and pointed people in our direction. Uh, I want to thank um, Apple Computer for making making the software that makes this pretty easy. Uh, and I want to thank the makers of Levelator because uh, once I found that little application, our, our audio quality drastically improved and the time that I spent trying to fix it drastically decreased. Yeah, anybody else you want to thank? Um, no, I'm, a, I'm kind of an asshole, so no. <laughs> I would like to thank me for being so awesome. <laughs> oh, hey, wait, Karen. I forget. I gotta thank Karen. I gotta thank so, Karen. Well, she uh, does a, a lot of our posting on Facebook. A lot of the posting. And Twitter? Facebook. Nope, she's not Twitter. Who's Twitter? Our, I'm Twitter, oh. and that's why nothing ever gets posted on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've um, kind of given up on that a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. But uh, certainly we do want to, 
thank the people who have, who have uh, liked us on Facebook. Yeah, and oh, seven uh, of you, eighty-seven, and of you. Uh, help promote us. And oh. but we do want to thank all of you for listening. Yep. Hopefully, you're still listening, <laughs> and hopefully, you don't mind this ridiculously self-indulgent yeah. uh, half of the episode where uh, it's just us stroking our cocks. <laughs> yep, pretty much, pretty much. But uh, we had to do something special. Does this qualify as special? Uh, I guess so. I mean, it's 25 episodes. It's, yeah. It's, it's kind of special. We do want to thank you for uh, listening to this. For this as long as you have. We're <laughs> just going to... St- let's just stop, Mike. It's okay, over. we'll stop. Say it. Say the line. Say the outro. So, everybody, keep fighting the geek fight. Good night, everybody.